This is a Locker Room production. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 18. I'm Nathan Hirsch, your host, and with me today is Jake Slobodnik. Jake, how are you doing? Well, I'd be doing a lot better uh, consider, or if it wasn't for that game, uh, the ending I just watched. But consi- all things considered, it's been a good Sunday. You know, cooking ourselves up a nice meatloaf dinner, so can't really say it's been a bad day. How about you? Heck yeah, I'd love to hear that. It's kind of a Saturday feel here on a Sunday with Memorial Day weekend. Um, yeah, so I should mention too, this is uh, SB Nation's Bucks Dugout, the podcast on that wonderful website. We're here right now on Locker Room, the uh, very cool app in which we are recording this. So if you're in Locker Room, on Locker Room right now, please join us. Um, get in there, get in the chat, and uh, yeah, give us give us your thoughts. Here, actually, we have someone right now, Josh Herbert. Josh, let's get you on right now. Josh, what do you have to say real quick? Nathan, boys, how we doing? Good man, how about you? Good. Uh, so, quick, this whole game real quick. So, I go up, I live in Ohio. I go up to the Rivers Casino to place a bet on the Rockies money line. And the so, whole guy, the whole, the whole time, I'm like, I just didn't think the Pirates would sweep them. So, I was watching the game. I got so frustrated that I drove all the way back home. And as soon as I pull in my driveway an hour away, Charlie Blackman ties the game 3-3. <laughs> and then obviously <laughs> Matt Adams singles in a run. And now I have to go all the way back to cash my ticket. But <laughs> oh my it was God. a winner at least. It, at least at one. Yeah. Congratulations I mean, to you. What a game. I mean, the Pirates found a way to lose that game. Literally found a way. I don't know how because I wasn't watching. I was listening. But – I mean, insane game. Yeah, thank you, Josh, and uh, congrats on your win there, betting. Sorry that you have to drive all the way back, but... Well, I placed Yankees minus one as well, so I made two bets. I won one and lost one, but it was looking like I was losing both. So it was nice to at least push on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. Because the Yankees are trash. I don't know what's going on with them. They're they're a weird team. I know they've been kind of up and down, but uh, yeah, this Pirates game was, it was, it was something, it was kind of weird because, you know, both of these teams pretty much suck. Um, yeah. Pirates were able to, you know, they won the doubleheader yesterday, shut them out both times. That was nice. And it looked like they were going to win today. Uh, the bullpen was pretty much shaky all game long until Richard Rodriguez finally blew the save. And uh, I mean, all in all, you'll take two out of three every time, but it was pretty much a sour ending to uh, an otherwise really nice series here for the Pirates. He's had yeah, the bases loaded. You might have lost Josh a little bit. Once they but... had the bases loaded. Josh, uh, I think we're losing The bases had fucking Sam Howard comes in and shuts the door. That's when I decided it was time to go. Sorry, I lost Josh there. Uh, Jake, what, what are you... 
I'm sorry. Uh, Jake, we lost Josh. Uh, good for him for his bets, but what, what are your thoughts here on uh, on this series as a whole, to be honest? Well, yesterday was definitely a very, very good day for Pirates fans. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, they actually shut out the Rockies, and I think there was a stat pointed out about um, last time that happened was actually on Danny Murtaugh's last day at manager. So I don't know yeah, if you knew that, but yeah. Um, Very- but, you know, today, I really wish they would have put the lid on the damn thing. That was a little annoying. I want to shout out Chase the Young because, quite honestly, I seriously thought that he had himself quite a good – not just a good game, but a great game, especially just coming up from AAA. Um, it's not easy to go five innings at least, throw five strikeouts, and only allow one run on three hits in your debut for the team that you're on. Sure. Um so, yeah, I give him credit for that. Um, that was a really good performance. Sam Howard and Chase and Shreve, really, really effective relievers. Um, Clay Holmes, he's proven me wrong. I was actually a Clay Holmes doubter for a while, but, you know, now that he's under a three ERA, he's been turning really himself around. Um, let's see. Offense, Frazier continues to hit, throwing or collecting a pair of ribbies. Not, you know, death taxes and Adam Frazier hits. Kai Tom. Another RBI to his credit as well. Um, the bad things. Now, I don't know what happened to Richard Rodriguez, but that was pitiful. My whole thing is I don't really blame it all on Richard Rodriguez. I Shelton needs to let his relievers go a little bit more than two-thirds of an inning or a full inning. I think Chase and Shreve could have had a little bit more to his performance rather than just three pitches. That's fair. Uh, and I, Kyle Crick needs to learn that he can throw other pitches that are not just his, you know, his 45 foot breaking slider. He needs to work. He needs to learn how to control that and throw other pitches because that was the biggest issue that eighth inning. And then you force Richard Rodriguez to come in, throw more pitches than he's used to, try to get four outs instead of three. And then ultimately it led to the Jenga Tower ultimately falling. I think with. Shelton needs to get a little bit more confidence in letting some of these effective relievers get more time and not just playing it one frame at a time with these relievers. Shreve, I love him. I, mm. I hope we keep him for a while. And, you know, just after what he did today and then Shelton pulls him after a third of an inning after three pitches, I, I, I don't know. But I think Kyle Crick needs to learn how to control slider a little bit and Shelton needs to loosen the reins a little bit. Also, Nathan, looking back on that ninth inning, with Richard Rodriguez and throwing to McMahon and Blackman. Interesting stat. Out of, I think it was, yeah, 17 or 18 pitches. How? Take a guess. How many of them do you think were four-seam fastballs? Probably like 17. All of them were. Okay. So I, I know that it's harder to pitch to left-handed hitters, especially with your breaking pitch as a right-handed pitcher, because, you know, you hang it a little bit, miss your target, it's going to get cranked over Clemente Wall, maybe into the Allegheny River. But you got to mix it up a little bit, especially with two of the most effective hitters. Throw a two-seam. It's not, you know, I'm not, we're not expecting you to throw a slider every time. Throw a two-seam, add a little bit of movement, or do some speed a little bit. Don't just continuously throw four-seamers because I noticed something. Blackman and McMahon, they were arm-swinging their entire at-bat just to make a piece because they knew a four-seamer was coming. There was no variety, and it ultimately led to the, as I mentioned earlier, the Jenga tower falling. So I think that 
just that whole static arsenal that Richard Rodriguez brought in the ninth was a downfall. And then Fuentes comes up. First thing he throws is a slider, and guess what happened? He whiffed on it. It, it made yeah. no sense at all. I, uh, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, so like a few things I'll, I'll comment. Um, so with Shreve, I agree. It was nice. He got he got out of the inning with the hold there in the seventh. I guess with Shelton, Shelton basically went with the cookie-cutter approach. Like, Kyle Crick is our eighth-inning guy, so he will pitch the eighth inning no matter what, which, I mean, take it or leave it. Crick has been pretty decent all year. The big thing that hurt the Pirates today was the walks as a team. They walked eight hitters, and, I mean, even Howard and Holmes, uh, they walked three together, and it was just kind of a rocky road all the way through after DeYoung pitched his solid five innings. The bullpen really, they they were kind of uh, walking the tightrope there in terms of getting through, and then finally in the ninth, uh, Rich Rod blew the save. I, the thing with Rich Rod, I mean, if you look at it, he's thrown his four-seam fastball 90% of the time all season long and he's basically just lived and died by that pitch mostly lived I mean this this is probably this is one of his uh worst outings of the year probably his worst outing of the year for sure but um in 35 pitches for him that's bad much the ERA is up to 161 which obviously is nice just a bad game but I mean he has he has thrown nothing but four seamers all year and uh I mean who knows perhaps opposing hitters are making that adjustment and Rich Rod may have to adjust to that and use the slider more often. But up to this point, he has lived and died by the four seam only. And we'll see, we'll see if he continues to uh, have success with that. Or if, like I said, the opponents are making the adjustments and he may have to adjust back. But I mean, like you said, today was just, just a sucky loss. Just, I mean, you look at it, the pirates, it seemed like they were going to get the sweep. Um, you know, have a nice, nice weekend after just a terrible few weeks. But uh, here we are. They're 20 and 32, still in last place, still better than the Rockies. They don't have that number one pick back to them quite yet for next season. But, yeah, pretty much just, just a painful loss altogether, especially after because, like we said, Chase DeYoung was really solid and really nice, and you didn't really know what we're going to get with him. You get five strong innings to have the bullpen kind of blow it like that really sucks yeah i know and it it just it leaves that extra bit of sour in your mouth especially knowing that the young was closing in on his second major league win after so long it's it's heartbreaking but another good thing that i did notice was it seems to me that we are that the pirates have adjusted to what shelton wants to play and that's more of an aggressive approach i have seen more swings this weekend than probably any series this entire season I don't know if, you, if you've if seen that too, but that was one thing that I noticed and I absolutely loved it because it looked like we're going up there and we are trying to get on base. Anyway, we, yeah, we are taking walks, but still we aren't, we aren't just going up there with a tennis racket and just standing there. You know, we're going up there aggressive and I love seeing that. Yeah, and it's nice too because we're finally, it looks like, going to get Cabrian Hayes back. Uh what day he's eligible june 3rd so that's uh what day is that that is uh, saturday i think yeah Mm, no thursday thursday he'll be back thursday so that that'll be a huge shot in the arm for the pirates um 
And I mean, you know, like looking at the series to get all together, the offense did have a pretty, pretty nice, pretty nice weekend. I mean, mostly yesterday they had a nice day. You look at it in the first game, they scored seven runs. I've been talking about this all year. I'm tired of seeing the Pirates get 10 hits in two runs because they can't, you know, drive the runners in with extra base hits. But uh, yesterday in the first game, seven runs on eight hits. You know, they hit a few home runs. One home run yesterday. Brian Reynolds hit his sixth, which was great to see. Polanco had a triple. Frazier had a double yesterday. And then in the second game, you know, four more runs on uh, seven hits, whatever. That's that's not a crazy amount. But they were able to, they were able to you know, score some runs this weekend. And I get it. The Rockies aren't a good team. They might be worse than us. They looked worse than us mm-hmm. this weekend. But, I mean, if you look at the schedule coming up here, the Pirates do have a chance to stack up some wins. They have uh, – tomorrow they go to Kansas City for a short two-game series. And then on Thursday, they return home uh, for four games against the Miami Marlins. So, that – they might be able to string a few wins here. And, you know, nobody expects them to be, be a little bit more respectable. So, I think I think there is a little more sun – on the horizon, especially with the offense, you know, getting getting Hayes back. Colin Moran and Philip Evans will be starting their rehabs really soon, so getting them back would be huge. And I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm excited to see what that looks like. And the pitching, the pitching's pretty decent. Um, it's not great, it's not terrible. It was really nice to see J, uh, JT Brubaker yesterday. His six scoreless innings, a great bounce back start for him, bringing that ERA down to 374. So things don't look as quite as dire as we last spoke when the Pirates made the worst play ever in history. So, yeah, I think that was a big motivator for them doing better. If <laughs> if I'm being honest, honest I it think, may have been. Yeah, and Brew Baker again. You mentioned it. Came out of that that uh, last outing before this before this weekend and he just you know he put that behind him and did better today or did better Saturday so I think it was just one bad outing plus uh speaking of injuries we get Chad cool back I think he's starting tomorrow in Kansas City if I'm not if I'm not uh wrong here um so that's always a bright spot um and then yeah as we as we evolve we're gonna see more players come off the injured list as you said and I think once we finally get back to 100 percent I think that's when we're going to really see the Pirates team that we know and that we know and uh, come to watch starting out of the gate, especially with Hayes and Moran back. Mm, that's going to be so dangerous. Yeah, that'll be nice to see. Um, I remember last on the last pod, you you did mention, I remember this, that you are not a big Mitch Keller fan. And Mitch Keller yesterday, uh, it was his typical Mitch Keller good start. Five innings. He rarely goes more than five, but he only gave up two hits, two walks, six strikeouts. Didn't give up a run. What were your thoughts on Keller yesterday and overall? <laughs> you can get Keller take. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm still not convinced fully on Mitch Keller. You know, we talked about the Rockies. They're not that great of a team. I mean, you That's could fair. throw you could throw a 70 year old Jamie Moyer out there, and he'd probably <laughs> look good against the Rockies right now. Maybe with an exception of Charlie Blackman and Ryan McMahon. But other than that, that Rockies lineup is just – it's just weak. And um, I'm still not fully convinced on Mitch Keller. Uh, I think that he did have a very, very good outing yesterday. But I just think that it was a fluke. I will say that plain text. Um, I feel like next time he goes up, 
which will most likely be against the Marlins. I really think that's I feel I feel like he's going to struggle again there too. And I think the biggest thorn in his side in that game is going to be Corey Dickerson, considering they'll be playing in PNC Park. Corey Dickerson was a former Buck. He knows how to hit right-handed pitchers. And Mitch Keller, he, he still just does not look comfortable out there on the mound. Like, even in yesterday's game, I didn't see a comfort level that I felt comfortable with with Mitch Keller. It seemed to me like he realized, oh, my God, this was a fluke. Like <laughs> I, I couldn't put it any more simpler than that. I hope that I'm wrong. I pray that I'm wrong, but at the same time, you, you can't go against what you see, and Mitch Keller, to me, just looks like a deer in headlights out there still, even when he does. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I agree with the fact that sometimes he just does look completely lost in, in the sense of, like, you know, the big thing with him, it seems like, is confidence and, you know, going out there with the FU attitude and just saying, hey, I'm I'm just going to – here's my stuff. Go out and hit it. He does seem timid at, at times. I will say, though, the ERA really sucks. Uh, 6.54, that's obviously not good at all. But the XFIP is slightly lower. It's at 4.75, which also isn't great. But he is at least uh, striking out, like, a decent amount of batters. His strikeout percentage is 23.1, which I believe at this point is – slightly below league average. I haven't checked the league average in a minute, but the last time, I mean, it's been the biggest storyline that the league average strikeout rate's about 25%. But 23%, I'll take that. Uh, the walk rate, obviously, is just, you can't live with an 11.6% walk right. rate. But, uh, I mean, the thing with Keller is, we have to see what he's got. And I agree. I'm glad the Pirates, they're just, you know what? Results results aside, they're they're putting him out there every fifth day, just like they have to. And you have to see what you have with them for a full season. And you, and you just got to live with the results. And it is going to be a process. I mean, I don't know if Keller's going to – I don't think he's ever going to be that ace that it may – it kind of looked like at one point, like he was a top 100 prospect, obviously, and it looked like he could have – uh, you know, top of the rotation stuff. He he still does have really good stuff. But at this point, if Mitch Keller is a middle of the rotation starter or even a back end of the rotation starter on the next, like, competitive Pirates team, I, I would be happy with that. And I, I still do think, I mean, you just have to put him out there and, uh, you know, live with the process of him trying to get it together. And at least against the crappy Rockies team, he was – he was able to uh, get it together and pull out a win for the team and go five scoreless. And, I mean, you said, like, we'll see what happens against the Marlins. The Marlins aren't very good either. So, Corey Dickerson aside, he will have a pretty decent chance of, you mm -hmm. know, stringing together a second good start, although we have not seen two good starts in a row all season. It has been bad, good, bad, good, bad, good for two months now. But I, I'm all for uh, keeping Mitch Keller – and uh, see what he does all season long, and even if, even if that ERA is north of six after a hundred and forty or so innings, you just have to live with it because this year doesn't really matter wins and loss wise, and we got to see what we got in some of these some of these young guys. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think with all the talent that we have coming up, here's a hypothetical for you. So, with us rumored to get rid of Richard Rodriguez at the trade deadline and seeing that Mitch Keller I will say there is one thing about him that I like 
every time he goes out, he has at least one very strong inning, and it always seems like to be that first inning. What if, if we're in that experimenting phase, what if we try transitioning Mitch Keller to maybe a closer role? Consider, or what if we, you know, when we build that full strength back up at the rotation, what if we experiment with him a little bit? Because we're going to need somebody at that closer role. And right now, I wouldn't put Kyle Crick there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put Jason Shreve in there just yet just because of Shelton not letting him go full inning. I mean, yeah, you could argue Sam Howard might be able to get in there and be the closer, but Mitch Keller tops out, I think, at 97 maybe with a very effective curveball. So I think if we're experimenting and if Keller can really only give us one really good inning each time, why not? I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, nothing can be probably worse than what we're at right now. And you said wins and losses don't matter at this point, so... You know, if we're trying to formulate what we can do at least to get by, is it so far fetched to maybe put Keller out there in the ninth, if 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 need be, if? Yeah, that's definitely a thought. Um, I just think this year they're really fo- they're really going to be focused on him as a starter. But I mean, long term, if you told me, you know, one year from now, two years from now, that Mitch Keller was a bullpen piece, I would be like, yep, yeah, that. That definitely makes sense. And I think, I mean, Mitch Keller, he has three pitches. As a bullpen guy, I think he could be like, you know, a, a top-of-the-line stuff-wise bullpen guy. But I just think the Pirates at this point, they they really want him to be a starter. And if the Pirates do trade Rich Rod, which I do think they should at the deadline and get, you know, get some pieces, maybe, maybe a team's like top 10 or so prospects, because Rich Rod does have uh, years of control after this year, and he has been really good. But, you know, if they trade Rich Rod, I think that we'll see maybe a, a David Bednar or, like you said, I mean, probably not Sam Howard because he's kind of the lefty spe- specialist, but Bednar maybe, uh, I don't know. I guess I guess you could just throw anyone in there. I, I'll be interested to see, too, if they find a way to trade Kyle Crick as well because – I think he has a little bit of value as well. Um, he obviously is extremely wild, but there could be a team out there that thinks, hey, we can uh, we can tame his stuff because I do th- – I mean, Kyle Crick's slider, it's, it's hard to control because it does have so much spin and it has so much movement. Mm-hmm. There could be a team out there, you know, I, what I remember, a thing I remember is the Rays traded for Tyler Glass – the thing that they told him was, hey, you aim to throw the ball, not aim, but you pitch to throw the ball right down the middle, um, and whatever happens, happens. And that he's had success, obviously. And uh, I think a team could do that with Crick as well, where they're just like, hey, don't try to locate. Just throw the ball as best you can down the heart of the plate, and whatever happens, happens. And hopefully it lands somewhere else in the strike zone. But uh, back to Mitch Keller, I just think – needs to be a starter for the for the rest of this full season just to see what it looks like yeah i agree i i I think he should fit out or finish out the season as a starter because that's how he started but um i think down the road it's definitely an open an open opportunity bednar obviously uh crick being a closer or a bullpen piece at least but i do agree i think bednar will try to fit that role a little bit but you know it's just one of those experimental parts crick hmm maybe that's a topic for another time Potential trade for sure. targets for him. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I just he like Rodriguez has a few years of control after this season, I believe. So, I mean, I I don't think you're going to get a ton for him, but I mean, once upon a time, 
the Pirates traded uh, a half Tony Watson for O'Neill Cruz. So there's there's gems to be had with any trade, and we'll see we'll see what Sherrington does here as we inch closer to the trade deadline. I mean, it, it's the end of May here. We still have two months until then, but the Pirates definitely do have some pieces that should be dealt and. They have some pieces of value, which is nice to see. Uh, obviously, I mean, we'll see what happens with Adam Frazier, but he might be the biggest trade piece if if they decide that's the direction they want to go or if they decide they want to keep him. We'll, we'll have to see. But right now, I mean, the Pirates do have some some nice pieces for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a while before we see something like that happen, especially with Frazier being our top trade target. Um, so, I'm just putting that out there for later down the road. You know, I, sure. I think it's possible, but um, right now, yeah, we got to focus on Frazier, if not Rodriguez, if anything. Um, I mean, you know how I feel about some of the players that are rumored to be traded, but I mean, if we're going to get some good value and I trust Charrington, I see what's going to happen, you know, might as well just say screw it and let it happen. Cause there's no, I mean, if Charrington knows what he's doing and it seems like he does from what we've seen so far, I think anything's fine with it. Um, there is one player in particular that really gets stuck in my craw a little bit when it comes to their potential versus what they're showing out in the field right now, and that's Cole Tucker. Like, what is going on with this guy? He was supposed to be one of the better hitters coming up through the minor leagues, especially through Altoona. I watched him, and he was great, but now he's up with the Pirates, and he looks like he's just lost at the plate. I, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Dude can't hit. Straight up, he cannot hit. Yeah, I'm looking at it. He he he's he was pretty decent uh, in the minor leagues. I mean, the glove obviously is great. He's fast. He's athletic. You can put him at multiple positions. I think the Pirates are kind of trying to transition him into like a utility type player. But yeah, I mean, at this point, so far, I mean, 24 years old so he's still young he still has time he only has uh did he start today before today he had 10 plate appearances but no, i mean it just, he he just can't hit he can't freaking hit no nope. and until he does until he shows any any sign of potentially hitting i mean he does come up with some like pretty big hits at times but he overall consistently he sucks. He can't hit. And mm-hmm. it, it is a shame because, I mean, he really is a guy to root for. He's he's fun to watch whenever he is hitting. Um, he's fun with the glove. He's a fun personality. He's dating Vanessa Hutchins, which is really cool. But, I mean, until the guy can hit, it's just going to be the same old nothingness and non-value, which sucks. Yeah, Uh I don't know. I hope he works it out soon because I had high hopes for him. But who knows? Who knows? But um, I do want to mention, good job this weekend by Kevin Young as the new color analyst for uh, yes, yes. the Pirates. What a job he did. He's been on the radio a few times, but TV is really where it matters most. And I'll tell you what, he may not be the next Harry Carey or something like that, but I thought he did a very, very good job this weekend. Yeah, I agree. Kevin Young is, uh, you know, I'll say he's he's got a good voice. He's got a nice, soothing, relaxing baseball color guy voice. He's very. I said this last time on the pod. We briefly touched on his uh, his commentating, but he's he's very chill. 
He is fun to listen to. Um, and what he has to say, I mean, he is insightful, I will say. And he doesn't say dumb things. But I, I have really enjoyed the Kevin Young commentating experience. And uh, I, I do. I, I, it almost makes me sleepy, but like kind of in a good, relaxing way whenever he talks. He's, he's, he's been fun for me to listen to for sure. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Mark me my thing a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I think he's got a lot of potential up there in the booth. And I think him and Brownie made a very, very good team. So hopefully there's some bright things to come. But I did just want to throw that in there. I'm sorry if I like threw that over or th- you know, took over for just a second. But I did want to. Throw no, that that's out great. There. Yeah, I, uh, I really I really enjoy Kevin Young. I enjoy Kevin Young. I really enjoy Matt Caps as well. Um, it kind of seems like, you know, the Pirates, kinda, they have a new way of color common commentary like coming up through because you know caps and young and the fort they're all kind of part-time right now but bob walk i mean i love bob walk too i know i mean he's probably not the most popular guy out there but i enjoy bob walk and he's kind of getting up there in age so we'll see how much longer he wants to stick at it but i mean and then obviously wainer he's uh kind of in and out as well but i i do like what the pirates have to offer in the color commentary uh, department with Kevin Young and Matt Cap specifically. The Ford's fine. He has some good points at times, but, I mean, I will say Michael McHenry, I love him to death, but his voice is not really made for uh, TV or radio, unlike Matt Capps and Kevin Young, I'll say that much. Yeah, and I respect the Ford. He has been – he has appeared on a few podcast, other podcasts that I've done prior to me coming to Bucks Dugout. He is a very insightful guy. He knows 100%. And, you know, he has a true passion for the game. But, yeah, it's just that whole vocal factor. But doesn't take away from the fact that he's a very knowledgeable and a very respectful guy. Respectable, too. For sure. For sure. Yeah, no, I think I think the booth is uh, it's looking pretty good here this season. And it has been fun to kind of get some different voices in there, you know. And it's, it's not like the same – they don't have the same four people doing color for radio and uh, – and TV. So it's kind of nice to get a mix. I guess right before we sign off here, we can uh, kind of preview a little bit to this Kansas City series. Um, two game series, short series. Like you mentioned earlier, Chad Cole will be making his first start since uh, going to the DL early in the season. He will oppose Mike Miner of Kansas City, and Miner actually pitched against the Pirates earlier this season, about a month ago, and the Pirates were able to get to him. Um, I remember it was that high-scoring game. The Pirates ended up losing 9-6, to but against Miner, I mean, Miner only went four and a third, gave up four earned runs, two home runs, two home runs against the Pirates. That's, that's something. So the Pirates will have an opportunity to score some runs in that one. And then Wednesday, uh, also tomorrow, that game is on ESPN, which I saw that and I was like, holy crap, the Pirates are on ESPN. That is, <laughs> that's interesting. Eight o'clock, that one starts at Kansas City. And then uh, Tuesday, we have Will Crow. He's looking to bounce back from his wild-ish start against Brady Singer. Brady Singer this year has made 10 starts, 47 and two-thirds innings. He's got that ERA up to 491, so the Pirates will have a chance to uh, score some runs then. What do, what do you think is going to happen in this two-game series? Well, I think that we're going to jump on Mike Miner again. Um, I'm trying to pull up the 9-6 to loss that we had. Um, 
let me try to see if I can pull it up. I know we won. We lost to Kyle Zimmer, who came into relief, uh, minor BF. Four in runs, six hits, six strikeouts. Um, you know, for that period of time, now I wonder, this is, I think this is whenever the injury bug really started to overtake the Pirates. And it was when the Royals were like on that bit of a hot streak that they were on with the best yes. record in baseball. Um, during that game that we, or that series we played last, we played Phillip Evans, Todd Frazier, um, Wilmer Defoe we started. Newman wasn't hitting like he is now. Uh, Polanco wasn't hitting like he is now. So our team has done a complete turnaround from where we were before. So I'm expecting better things this time around, especially from the offensive department. It's um, a bit of a little lackluster toward the end of April, but I think as our you know people start to come back from injury, I think we finally figured out a bit of a scheme as to what we're doing on offense and how we're going to formulate that lineup. Um, I think that we're going to do a lot better offensively. Brady Singer, I think, is going to present a challenge. Um, he was one of the most – he's one of the touted prospects coming up through the Royal system. And uh, while I want to give the Pirates the benefit of the doubt, I think Singer is going to have himself a decent day. I won't say – he's not. I'm not going to say he's going to no-hit the Pirates, but nonetheless, I, I seriously think that he's going to struggle or that he's going to no, – not struggle. That's the word. He's going to do better against us. So I think if I'm thinking, I think we're going to, it's a two game series, right? Yep. I think we're going to split it one way per, uh, one way per team. I think we're going to take the game against uh, Mike Miner. And then I think we're going to lose against Brady Singer. They'll be close affairs. I think our offense is going to kick it off a little bit. Frazier's going to continue to hit. I say in uh, game one, Polanco is going to have a key home run. Um, and then I think Brady Singer is going to shut us down in the next, in the finale. Which is sad to say, but I just see that from Singer. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, it's just unfortunate because, my God, I want Will Crow to get a win so bad. <laughs> I seriously do. Yeah, I mean, he's been pretty decent. Let me ask you this before we sign off here. Over under four and a half walks for Chad Cole in his return. What are you thinking? Over? I'm going to put it – I'm going to park it at five. Five walks. How many innings do you think he'll go? I'll put that at over under four. <laughs> um, give me the over on that four and two thirds. I think he's going to get that's his pitch good. count up there. It's going to take him up before. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. Um, yeah, tomorrow we might have a high scoring affair. So all you betters out there, like our friend at the top of this show, if you want to put the over on that, that might be a good idea. But uh, Jake, any last thoughts here before we, we get off? Enjoy your Memorial Day, everybody. I hope you all eat a burger for me. I got to go work for a few hours. So while you're out celebrating, I'll be working behind the mic. So get out there, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. And remember, remember the meaning behind Memorial Day. For sure. Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Follow Jake on Twitter at underscore Radio Jake. Is that, that correct? Is correct. We got Radio Jake doing the radio thing this weekend, doing great work. And uh, as always, follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter, at Bucks Dugout. Everyone, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Flip some burgers. I know the weather isn't quite what we want it to be, but it's still warm enough to get outside and uh, have a beer. How about that? Oh, it's if, always on the Bucks Dugout. Age, of course. He oh, must yeah. be of age. Yeah, all right. Don't keep down underage drinking. Exactly. All right, friends. I hope you all have a great 
day, and we will be back, I'm guessing Wednesday, uh, concluding the Pirates uh, Royals series. It might be a late one. We'll see. We'll see what we decide to do. But uh, I'm Nathan Hirsch here with Jake Slobodnik. Everyone have a good one and uh, be safe. Peace.